familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. As new moms, we have the very important job of caring for our newborns. And since babies don't come with instruction manuals, many times we have to rely on our own experience and intuition to make the right choices. But how can you trust that gut feeling when everyone else around is offering you their own opinion? I'm Cindy Hartshorn, an IBCLC in private practice in San Diego, California. Today, we're exploring ways to use our breastfeeding intuition when it comes to reading and understanding our baby's cues and language. This is the Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the Boob Group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. Have you subscribed to the Boob Group newsletter? It's a great way to learn about new episodes and discover fun ways you can get involved with our show. Visit our website at newmommymedia.com for more information. If you enjoy listening to the Boob Group on the go, then we encourage you to download our free apps available in iTunes, Google Play, and Windows. You can star your favorite episodes for easy reference, stream them straight from the internet, or download them to your app. Boob Group club members can also access all the great bonus content straight from our apps. Here's Sunny with more information about our virtual panelist program. Okay, hi everybody. So if you aren't here in San Diego where we record our shows, you can still participate in the Boob Group and we are hoping that you do. We like to post questions on our Facebook page and out there on Twitter, um, questions that we may be asking the panelists here in the studio. So that's a great way. Check out our Facebook page, participate in the conversation that way. Um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter now, so I may be pulling in some of those questions as we go and your comment may even make it on the show. You never know. So look for the hashtag Boob Group VP. VP stands for virtual panelists to get involved. We're going to introduce uh, some of our panelists in the studio and online, or actually on the phone. So we're going to start with Jenna. Hi, my name's Jenna Conklin. I'm 36 years old. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-month-old daughter that I'm breastfeeding right now. And I breastfed my son till he was 22 months old. Wonderful. Wonderful. We hear her in the background a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. And we have Tanika on the phone. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tanika Parnell. I'm 31 years old. Wow. 31 years old. Um, I have a... I'm a nurse. 
and um, I work part-time as a nurse, and I have a 13-month-old who I am still currently breastfeeding. Wonderful. (coughs) Sounds familiar. (coughs) If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we begin our main interview today, I'd like to introduce you to a special guest. Liz Scott is co-executive director of Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, which is a nonprofit helping kids fighting childhood cancer by hosting their own lemonade stands. Liz, thanks so much for being on our show today. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Now, Liz, your efforts have not only helped in the fight against pediatric cancer, but so many parents are truly moved by how the foundation got its start. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, My daughter, Alex, Alex was diagnosed with cancer as an infant, and she lived her entire life with cancer until she died at the age of eight and a half. When she was just about four years old, she told us she wanted to have a lemonade stand. And I thought, okay, sure, great. You know, it's January. It's a little chilly for lemonade. Um, And I kept putting her off for several months. And finally, one day, she was really persistent about it. And now it was, you know, June she said, we still haven't had my lemonade stand. And I said, what do you want to buy? What could you possibly want that badly? And she said, I'm not keeping the money. I'm giving it to my doctors so they can help kids the way they helped me. And that was really the beginning. She was four years old. I was so proud of her, obviously. I also thought it was kind of cute and adorable that Alex thought she was going to make a difference for kids with cancer with a lemonade stand. But we set right out with her and um, literally from day one were completely surprised, amazed, overwhelmed by the response people had to what she was doing. And her front yard lemonade stand raised you know, $2,000 the first year, and she had one every year after that and would raise, you know, $10,000, $20,000. By the time she passed away, she had raised over a million dollars to help find a cure for other kids with cancer. That's amazing. Well, we first heard about the foundation through our partners at Babies R Us. So can you tell us a little bit more about that partnership with the Toys R Us brand? Yeah, so that partnership has been um, quite incredible. For several years, we've been partnering with them. They do in-store fundraising, so anybody can go into any Toys R Us or Baby R Us uh, throughout the months of June, July, and, the, and uh, the first half of August, actually, and donate at the register. 100% of the money comes to us. But to create awareness, they also um, started a super cute um, social media campaign called Hashtag Stir for a cure, the number four. And they really just ask people to have a lemonade stand, take a photo, you know, hashtag stir for a cure, or hold up a sign about who you're stirring for, show something meaningful, somebody important in your life who might be fighting cancer, um, and just get involved in, in the conversation, really, about pediatric cancer specifically. Now, how will those donations impact the fight against pediatric cancer? 
So the money we raise um, through all of our fundraising efforts primarily goes to fund research into new cures. That was something Alex really believed strongly in. We fund at institutions all over North America. We have a really competitive grant review process, and we get hundreds of applications, and we have scientists who score and review them, and we really fund the research that we think has the best chance to lead to new cures, everything from really new, innovative science all the way through to clinical trials. Um, so it's been a tremendous boost to us um, for people to have lemonade stands, to have partners like Toys R Us, to really be able to make a difference in this cause. And you mentioned children can have their own official Alex's Lemonade Stand in their community. How does that work? One of the great things that um, came about when Alex was alive through her doing the Lemonade Stand was other kids, without even being asked, were just inspired by her and decided to do their own stands. So that's something that really carried her to her million-dollar goal. But now, 10-plus years later, we've continued that. It's a really important part of who we are. Anybody can come to our website, alexslemonade.org, register to hold a stand. If you're under 14, you know, please have your parents register for you. Um, we will send you a starter kit. We will have a lemonade stand coach get in touch with you via email to offer advice and tips. Um, it's, it's a really fun but meaningful way uh, for kids of all ages to get out there and raise money. Every donation counts. You can raise $10. You can raise $100. We give you an envelope to send it to us in. We'll even send you a little certificate of acknowledgement. Um, but the point being that all those stands together, literally one cup at a time, you know, we're raising millions of dollars a year to help find cures. I love that. And I know so many kids love to do the lemonade stand. So it's something that they can do, even if they can't donate, you know, they can get involved and they can get out there in their community and they can be part of it. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think that's probably why Alex picked a lemonade stand because she did, she was very independent minded and she did want something that she could do herself, you know, that we didn't have to organize for her and do all the work for, something that would mean something to her and she felt like she contributed. So it really is a great way for kids to take ownership and really feel wonderful about the fact that they're making a difference. I love it. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your efforts with the foundation and for being on our show today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It really is a pleasure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on The Boo Group, we're discussing using your breastfeeding intuition. Our expert, Cindy Hartshorn, an IBCLC, has a private practice in San Diego, California. Thank you for joining us, Cindy, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Cindy, what exactly is breastfeeding intuition? <laughs> That's kind of a hard, hard uh, question to answer because it's not something that you think about. It's just something that happens. Um, intuition in any circumstance, oh, he might fall, so I'll try and catch him before that happens. Or um, maybe it's my daughter's acting different today, so you want to take her to the pediatrician. So it's just kind of, kind of um, a feeling that you get that something is different, or 
something is working better or not working as well. And so you kind of follow up on that instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I know that a lot of moms, when I go to see them, um, do like a home visit or something like that, they aren't t- in touch with that intuition. You know, I, I try to help them by saying something like, well, what are you feeling? Or what right. do you think? Or, you know, because a lot of people are, are more concerned about what other people are telling them. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The first thing that I talk to my new clients about, my new moms, especially first time moms, everybody has to tell you their story. Everybody has to say, oh, this is the only thing that worked for me. You should do that. Or my baby was so hungry. I had to give them formula after every feeding. Um, and then they start and they get you starting to doubt yourself when you're the you, you know your baby best you know that she doesn't want to eat on the dot every three hours or whatever the circumstance so i tell my i tell my new moms you can listen to what everybody has to tell you that's they're going to want to tell you they're not going to stop but when it comes down to it take from them the information that might work for you if it doesn't throw it away just smile say thank you move on say i've talked to my lactation consultant we've got a great plan and we're working towards a new goal. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And you're right, because some days one person's advice might work great for that day and tomorrow may not work at all, right? So exactly. that's when you run into using more of your intuition, maybe sometimes common sense, because sometimes you get some crazy people that have crazy ideas. Right, right, right. right? The example I use for my clients is I may tell you to stand on your head, breastfeed naked in the, in the lotus <laughs> position, but if you're not going to do it, just tell me, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't advise anything crazy like that, but it's just an, an extreme example for them. Okay. So not everything's going to make sense. So just take what you need from the conversation, throw the rest out. Right. Right. And That's keep good. going. It's good. Jenna, um, did you trust your intuition right at the beginning? Um, I think with the second one, I did better at that. Um, but when I was first in the hospital with, with my second, with Avalyn, um, the lactation nurse was saying, you know, oh, you're doing great. You're a natural and she's gaining weight, but, um, but it hurt and I, and it was just extremely painful. And so I got home and I was having bloody nipples and scabs and, and I thought, well, it was great that all these nurses thought I was doing so well, but I knew that I wasn't. And so that's when I reached out to you, Leilani and, and, um, obviously she didn't have a good latch. And we got it corrected and um, and it got better right away. So I think trusting that that I knew something was wrong and if it was going to be that painful, I could see why moms would stop breastfeeding. So I'm glad that I that I pursued it and and listened, listened, and listened to, to my intuition. body. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Well, how about you, Tanika? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't think as a first time mom, you you quite have that knowledge to trust and you really do rely on a lot of what other people say and um, and you just hope that, you know, like one day the baby will latch and everything will be beautiful and you'll be able to walk down the street holding the baby breastfeeding and that's that. Um, but it, it does, it takes a lot of work. And I think that the intuition that I think I trusted as a mom was that I wanted what I personally thought was, you know, the most healthy thing, I guess, for me and for my baby. Um, and that I was going to do whatever it took to get there. Um, and so I think it took a lot of perseverance and putting faith into your intuition and to your gut instinct as to what was best, but definitely a lot of trial and error and um, just to keep on pushing through. Did you um, put your trust in somebody else since you didn't have that from the very beginning? Yes, um, you, very much so, Leilani. Oh, well, thank um, you. <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> I think just the people around me that were very supportive of what I wanted to do and, you know, that kept saying that we were doing a good job. And also, I mean, I did. I kind of tried to follow my baby's cues. You know, there was a lot of, like I believe you were saying earlier, that, you know, they might not always want to feed on the two-hour mark. And sometimes, you know, I would go to feed and she would just scream and push away. And I was like, you know, what's wrong? Is Maybe this isn't for us. Maybe he does need just a bottle. And um, But just trying to put all of that down and follow his cues, you know, they are people and they do have wants and needs that they can't express other than, you know, by crying and fussing and letting you know and just kind of going based on their cues and following their lead versus so much, you know, what I quote unquote like thought was right or what I was being told what to do. Or what the books say, right? You're you're so, so right. Yeah. Jenna, how about you? Who did you put your trust in? Um yeah, I think I mostly just had to think about what felt right and and reaching out to to you. Um, my I was just thinking when Tanika's story was reminding me of in the middle of the night when we first got home with Avalyn, she would be crying and my husband would try to help because I just fed her, so he would try to take her, but she would be screaming and he's like, "Well, I think he I think she wants boobs," and that was like his answer to everything. I think she wants the boobs, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't think she does," <laughs> and and so you know then then it would make me doubt myself and then we took a video one night and sent it to Leilani she's like no that's not a hungry baby I'm like well that's kind of what I thought but I just felt like more validated with some with an expert saying yes you're right so so we had to learn some other comforting techniques but (laughs) and and you and you persevered through that and we persevered Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes Cindy do you teach moms how to trust their intuition I guide them with discussion so that they can feel comfortable with where they're at. I also offer um, to let them call me or text or email at any time during their breastfeeding relationship because things change, things come up. Um, I'm sick. My, I don't think the baby's getting enough to eat. You know, questions like that where, where deep down they know the answer. Usually it's just you're doing a good job. You know what's best for your baby. And then they come back down and... and Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. My mm-hmm. baby's getting fed. I don't need to go grab that can of formula or, or you know. Right. And, and it some of that comes from the outside, you know. It does because mm-hmm. of all the commercials that are pushed and all the samples that are sent. And, and you know, I have moms who, who've had to use formula, and I don't have a problem with that at all if, if that's the need of the baby. You know, one of the first things we learned – learned in our in our education is the first important thing is to feed the baby Mm -hmm. um the moms just need the support to remember my body was made to do this a hundred years ago we didn't have the formula right to just whip out of the cupboard and be done right right so yeah so i think just just supporting the supporting the new moms through their entire relationship so that they they earn the confidence that their intuition is correct so when they go on to their second, third, or fourth babies, however many they might end up having, they've built up kind of um, a resource of their own, like checking right. in on themselves, going, you know, especially when, you know, you can think about all the times that you're going to need those things. When we come back, we will discuss with Cindy why it's so important to trust your instincts when it comes to breastfeeding and beyond. We will be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are here with Cindy Hartshorn, an IBCLC in San Diego. 
Cindy, why is it important for moms to trust their intuition when it comes to breastfeeding? I think the most important reason to trust your intuition is because you're the mom is the primary caregiver usually for the baby. They're the ones that are providing the nutrition and um, you know that comfort that the babies need as as they're growing from from newborn. And a lot of the the medical field they put babies into into groups. They categorize everybody, and so you can't say this baby's only gained seven ounces this week, but this baby's gained 10, so the first baby's got a a growth issue. So with the mom understanding where their baby started, where their baby's going, and following through that journey, that instinct is really the first line of defense for that baby's happy growth. What happens if they don't learn? to trust their instincts. That's back to, I think the, the medical field will insert themselves into the growth of the child. And while the child may still develop just as well had they been solely breastfed, sometimes it's kind of counterintuitive to what the mom wants to do, but they've, they've learned the self-doubt for so long now that they can't untangle themselves from it. So they get into the hype and and, you know, for instance, if you if you top off with formula, eventually your milk production would go down. So then you have to give more formula, then your body's not making the milk. And so it's a catch-22 that you're in this vicious circle. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think you've nailed it. When we don't trust our instincts and we rely on the white coat sometimes, right? I hate <laughs> yeah. to say it, but it's yeah. true. Sometimes they just don't really, they're not living in our home. They're not breastfeeding. They're not living the day-to-day um, events that we're going through. And sometimes if something's not right, right, we need to understand that we need to hone in on that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna, um, have you run across uh, any of these kinds of obstacles yourself? Yeah, I was actually surprised at how fast my pediatrician threw formula at me. I, we went in at 10 days old, and I was I showed her my nipples that were all cracked, and um, and sh- and that Avalyn was crying at night. And so she's like, well, maybe you're not producing enough milk, and um, so here's some formula. And and um, so that just surprised me. And then I'm, I'm in a mom's group, so I hear a lot of stories of other moms and this one mom was sharing this story of how it was just a a, she had a bad experience trying to breastfeed her daughter and she didn't get the help she needed and eventually gave up and strictly formula fed after that and she's pregnant with her second and she she said um I'm gonna feel much more comfortable giving formula right away (laughs) and and I just it was kind of sad because I thought well it can be a good experience and it does take some work and it's not easy right from the beginning but if you trust yourself and and reach out to resources that are really helpful and have the same goal that you have in mind, um, then you really you can do it. You're right, right. Tanika, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely met a lot of obstacles, and I think um, what Jenna just said, you know, about having the same goal in mind, and I think, you know, it's something um, that most, in my experience with my friends and mom groups and, you know, patients that I take care of, most moms, I think, start off wanting to try to breastfeed, and then it is you know, kind of trusting those around you and, um, you know, your your wants and your needs and, I guess, kind of your support system to help you um, be able to obtain those goals. Um, Isaac, my son, had three tongue ties, actually, or three tongue... Tongue tie releases, yeah. And that was pretty intense because after each time, he would refuse to nurse. And I would end up sobbing, thinking he was going to need a feeding tube or something, <laughs> because, you know, I didn't think he was getting everything that he needed. But 
um, you know, you kind of have to rely, Lily Lani, I relied a lot on her, you know, text messages at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> advising me, you know, to kind of base my, you know, decisions and everything on what he was telling me and um, also following his lead as well. And th- those were huge obstacles for us. And so many, so many times I thought I could turn to, you know, formula or to a bottle and just be done with it all and just, you know, how much technically easier at that time it would have been um but again trusting my instinct and my want and need and desire to breastfeed him you know up until now even 13 months and to be able to continue that relationship and be on that kind of journey with him um really I think helped me get through those obstacles yeah yeah the the power of our passion right I think sometimes overcomes the doubt of 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 what we know. So Tanika, did you um, ever experience um, what we would call helpful advice maybe that our parents or our in-laws might have said, hey, you know, when I did this, um, when I had my babies, this is how I did it. And I think your baby needs this. And then they try to kind of take over and tell you how to do things. Have you experienced anything like that? I, I mean, are we talking about up-to-date stuff or are we going all the way back? Well, from, um, really, I mean, it's all part of it, right? From from day oh, one yeah. through oh, yeah. day of whatever life your baby is at right now. As a new mom, sometimes oh, yeah. being told what to do or how to do it is not always the best way we learn. So what what's your no, experience? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I guess so a great example would be, you know, my mom was, um, she lived across the country, but she was out in California with us for the first month after my son was born. And um, he was pretty, I guess, you know, colicky in the evening hours, like typical fussy for a few hours every evening for the first few weeks of his life. Um, and every time, every time, my mom would be like, he just wants to eat. He just wants to eat. And pretty much shove him on onto me. And, you know, gut not necessarily even gut because at that point you're so exhausted you're just hoping that something helps him calm down um but you know I'm like he just ate like how can this be possible and then you're you know you're dealing with regulating your supply and trying to fight the urge to just start sobbing yourself because your baby's sobbing and um you know so you kind of almost at that point do give in and say well you know my mom did it and I turned out okay so maybe she does know and um you know, but I think that at that point, it is about learning how to follow your, again, your baby's cues and how to follow your gut. And, you know, I was like, Mom, you know, I'm squirting him in the face. I, like, I feel like I'm waterboarding him with my mouth. It's really not going well for anybody. And, you know, I'm sobbing. My husband's in the corner, like, rocking. My son is screaming. I'm like, this is not an okay scenario. And, and kind of, I, again, coming all back to your gut and saying, let's try something else or you know, this is, this is my feeling where, you know, maybe we can try this and see if it works. Um, so I think there's, and again, to this day, there is a lot of that said, you know, I know myself, I know my, my child, but I'm trying to, and I'm trying to get to know them and create this life with them. Um, so let's try it this way, even though thank you for letting me turn out so wonderful and for doing what you did for me. Um, so I think acknowledging them along the way and appreciating where they're coming from um, and then kind of using your instinct and your intuition as a mom and as a person who has this amazing life that you created, um, you know, using all of those things to kind of steer it in a different direction and then learning what works for you. And then, you know, you can say, well, there, (laughs) 
this this is working for us so maybe you know maybe you learned from you this time yeah yeah I, I think that um you're right in regards to honoring your parents right honoring your parents and letting them know that you respect and appreciate the advice that they have for you but sometimes being respectful is enough for the the in-laws or the parents when all they really want to do is help i mean they they're seeing their babies suffering right and so right. so they want to step in right and cindy don't yeah. you agree yeah this is where you you nod your head say thanks for the advice mom i'm i'm working with my lactation consultant we've got a great plan yeah yeah that's good and uh, Jenna, what about you? Um, my mother-in-law, it was funny, when I was pregnant with my first, she was just so concerned, always asking me, are you going to breastfeed? Are you going to breastfeed? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm planning on it. You know, I mean, I can't guarantee it because I haven't had this baby yet. I don't know how it's going to go. And then she would say, well, how long are you going to breastfeed? Are you going to breastfeed to a year? Well, I think so. But, I, you know, I don't know how long it's going to go. So then we made it to a year. And then all of a sudden, once that hit, it was like, well, when are you going to be done with this? When are you going to wrap it up? <laughs> and 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 she, you know, I breastfed till he was 22 months. And, and then I would start getting these jokes from my in-laws about, you know, how, how old my son was going to be and still be breastfeeding and be going to first grade, still breastfeeding, you know. And so it was just so funny and ironic to me that it became, are you going to, how long are you going to, and then when are you going to wrap it up? <laughs> Such a personal choice and experience. And I mean, you just have to do what's right for was working for you and your family and Mm -hmm. it was working for us we were going through a lot of changes we were moving and going on airplanes and you know there are a lot of changes I wasn't ready to give that up and my son could have kept going for a long time I think (laughs) Um, Cindy is trusting your intuition helpful beyond breastfeeding absolutely it's something that I think people need to recognize when their intuition kicks in in everyday life um whether you're catching the can of corn that's about to fall on your child's head, whether you stop short because the car in front of you stopped. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a life thing that I think people should really start paying close attention to. I agree. You know, one of the things that I like to tell my um, clients is when you learn to, to, to tune in to your intuition, it helps you from not only from day one, but all the way through the years of even teenage years, because, you know, you, if you don't trust that your your child is um, telling you the truth, right? If you're like, oh, right. they might be telling the, the, the truth, and you know instinctively that they're lying, but you haven't, to- you know, like, tapped into that instinct then they're gonna they're gonna pull a lot of wool over your eyes and so (laughs) I say you really really need to learn early early on as quickly as possible to trust those because they they are a really valuable guide for for many many things not just life but our children and having your partner understanding your when your intuition kicks in and and being by your side and and understanding and agreeing with that is is Amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is having the the whole pictures. Exactly. <laughs> the best. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, and our panelists for helping us all better understand the value of trusting our instincts when it comes to breastfeeding and beyond. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, as Cindy will talk about her own personal experience of learning how to trust her own instincts when it came to breastfeeding. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. 
Boob Group listeners, it's time for a special segment we have on the show called Boob Oops, and it's where we like to share funny breastfeeding stories that have happened to us, or pumping stories in this case. This comes from Crystal Cooper, and she posted this on our Facebook page. I was working backstage at St. Louis Fashion Week doing hair and makeup all day long. I was definitely overdue on pumping, and we got a small break. I found a secluded spot, or so I thought, and hooked myself up. A male stylist saw me sitting in the corner, half hidden by a tall table, and decided to come chat it up with me. I'm not very modest, and I knew I wasn't showing anything, and we didn't see backstage anyway. We talked for about five minutes, and he stopped and said, What the hell is that weird noise? I simply told him I was pumping, and with a confused face, not knowing what that meant, he stared at me for a second. The light bulb went on and he slowly stepped backwards a few steps and then booked it as far away from me as possible, never to speak of it again. LOL. He was mortified and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I love how sometimes people look at you, people that know have no idea about breastfeeding and pumping. And it's like they're, they're just so shocked. They don't even know what to do. I would have loved to have been like a little fly on the wall, Crystal, when this happened. It sounds so funny. Well, hopefully he kind of got over that embarrassment and you guys are still friends. <laughs> but I love the story. Thanks so much for sending it in. If you guys have a funny boob oops, we would love to hear it. We would love to share it with other breastfeeding mamas out there. You can send us an email through our website at newmommymedia.com. You can also call our voicemail at 619-866-4775 and leave us a message and we'll go ahead and play that message on one of our shows. So thanks so much, Crystal. Great story. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents with Multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.